And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com. Hope you're getting our twice a week newsletter. If not, go to the website, sign up. There's a little box on the upper right side of the screen. And please follow us on Twitter, DV underscore journal, and on Facebook as well. It's a red hot political issue across the country. People who are watching the uh, upcoming election in Virginia certainly know that it's, uh, what's happening in schools has got voters motivated. What's going to happen here in Pennsylvania when voters uh, turn out to vote for school officials? Paul, Ma Paul Martino is the moving force behind Back to School Pack, and he joins us on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Paul, thanks for your time. Glad to be here. Linda Stein is our news editor. Linda, take it away. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, well, first of all, why are you doing this? Why aren't you just uh, running for election for your local school board or something else? Oh, well, that's that's an easy one. Actually, I can't. In, in Central Bucks, where I'm located, our seats are by region, and our region is actually not up for election. Most of the uh, elections across the state are at-large seats, but uh, our seat is not even up. I don't know that I would have the right temperament to be on the school board. God bless the people who do it, because it is sometimes a very thankless and unpaid job. But uh, well, that wasn't an option. But us figuring out how to get the right people onto these school boards uh, so that the, the, the kids and their education were first, that's what Back to School Pack is all about. And the primary issue with uh, Back to School Pack is um, getting kids back in the classroom, but they're already back in the classroom, right? In a lot of places, they are back in the classroom. So it's really twofold. One, to make sure they stay in the classroom. I think people mistakenly believe this to be over as a lot of schools started on time. But as, as happened in Pittsburgh, for example, all the schools started two weeks late because they had a school bus shortage related to COVID. Other schools get shut down when the, the counts go to a certain level. And quite frankly, there's a lot of administrators and school board members who, in my opinion, can't wait to shut the schools back down again. And so while we're in a good spot right now from our standpoint, I think this is an issue that requires ongoing vigilance because there is definitely a group out there that would be more than happy to reshut the schools en masse. Okay, recently, Paul, another publication uh, ran an article about you and Back to School Pack. Um, and a part of what they have quoted in there is uh, calling the money that your uh, pack is funding, uh, funding across the state toxic. Why would your money be toxic while money from teachers unions is kosher? So I agree with that completely. And people try and put other words in my mouth saying that I'm anti-union or I don't think that the union should be able to put money into the election. They absolutely can put money into the election. That's the way our campaign finance laws are. They can do it. I can do it too. And as I've said, if me writing a check to a couple of concerned parents in Carbon County is what the problem is, then I don't think people are paying attention to what the bigger issue is. They're allowed to do it. I'm allowed to do it. People are like, this rich guy has shown up and is writing checks to change the balance in our elections. Well, I'm writing checks to people who otherwise wouldn't have had any money to compete against the incumbent interests. So I, I, I thought that's what people wanted people like me to do. I'd like to ask a question about the, the partisanship part, because I'm curious, why do you think an issue like 
keeping schools open, which I'm sure there are plenty of Democrat, Republican and libertarian parents who want their schools open. Why do you think in so much of the conversation here in Pennsylvania, particularly in the media, it's being framed as a partisan issue? And are you finding that that's the case? Are you only hearing from, you know, parents who with uh, MAGA hats who voted for Trump who are concerned about the decisions their schools are making? It's not the case. It is a it polls at about 80, 20 to 90, 10 that the schools should have never been shut down or they should have only been shut down for a limited point of time and that they should be back open. There aren't a lot of 80, 20, 90, 10 kind of issues. So if you're in an 80, 20 issue, you know, you've got a big tent uh, and we've got packs all around the, the state. We estimate that a third of all the candidates that we're backing are Democrats. Uh, two-thirds of Republicans. By the way, I have four people on staff at Back to School PAC. Two of them are lifelong Democrats. Two of them are lifelong Republicans. So this is one thing that actually bothers me a lot. Since I am a reliable Republican donor, people then project on me that this can't possibly be bipartisan. This has to be a front for some secret agenda. Well, I'm capable of being both partisan and bipartisan. This is a bipartisan effort. Uh, and I don't know why some people like to ascribe all sorts of unusual motives here. We want well, the schools open. This is pretty open and shut. Well, let me try a, a motive uh, and I'll rely on that great political philosopher, uh, Sherlock Holmes. You know, the dog that didn't bark. Isn't it interesting that a Democratic donor, and there are plenty of them in Pennsylvania, there are a lot of multimillionaires who support progressive causes, et cetera. None of them have stepped up to write a check for the same cause. And I wonder, and it, it feeds a speculation by some political observers that the uh, teachers union is so powerful inside the democratic party that the people who would normally be right next to you writing that check are afraid to do so that they're afraid of the political problems they will create for themselves does, does that seem like a reasonable analysis i have no way to know if that's true certainly speculation is what we need to do in situations like this where we don't have the data I will tell you what I know. The strategy I had of writing $50,000, $10,000 checks to individual PAC leaders to back their candidates, that was a very novel strategy because most people, when they play this game, get into politics, want to get their candidates in. They actually try and find the underlying candidates. We said there's no way we can build a statewide organization in 90 days if we have to identify the candidates. Let's find the 50 people who are running slates across the state, let's get them the money. So I think this strategy was surprisingly effective to a lot of people on the other team. And I think they're a little bit mad that we were able to do what we did so fast by backing the pack leaders instead of the underlying candidates. And I think they're playing catch up. That's why some of them are mad at us. Paul, um, can, can you say for the record, what is so wrong about virtual schooling and, and um, having kids uh, taught online instead of in the classroom? So there are, there are several issues. First, virtual is a fine option for a certain set of uh, children. And it being available as an option is certainly reasonable across a lot of districts. Uh, so I wouldn't say that we're in any way anti-virtual. That said, there are a lot of kids that simply cannot learn that way. They don't log in. They don't have sufficient internet access. Like, for example, we blacked, uh, uh, backed a uh, pack in uh, Central Harrisburg uh, called uh, Blackwell Pack. Uh, Pastor Harris pointed out that virtual learning was a huge problem for his kids in inner city Harrisburg because they simply did not have proper connectivity and resources. And as a result, the kids weren't logging on. 
Um, so that's an example of the kind of problem that you see with virtual. It being available for certain students, great. Also special needs kids. We have a candidate running here in Central Bucks who is a, a severely autistic son. And you know he was testing at about a three-year-old level prior to COVID. And after COVID was testing at an 18 month level. I mean, that is a year and a half of loss that our candidate just simply, I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch. And so for kids like that, we need them to be in the schools. Wow, that's what a terrible situation that sounds like, my goodness. So, yeah, and this um, is, a, I, I believe his son is about eight, right? So to go from three to 18 months with your eight-year-old who's severely autistic, I mean, that is truly heartbreaking. Well, what do you say to the other issue, which is the spread of the COVID, um, which I guess is a huge fear among some people? Absolutely. COVID's scary. COVID kills people. I'm on the record. I'm not anti-science. I know that this is dangerous. I just want to have a appropriate discussion about the trade-offs and long-term learning loss for kids not being in school up against community spread, which appears to be minimal in the schools. I don't feel like almost any district in the state of Pennsylvania had that actual trade-off discussion. What we had instead was, oh my God, case counts are high. We're scared. Let's go home. And by the way, looking at case counts alone also, in my opinion, is insufficient. You need to look at spread levels. You need to look at mortality. You need to look at the ages of the people who are involved, the ventilation of the schools. Just giving you this, you know, let's go to CNN and look at the Chiron and see how many cases they are and scare the crap out of everybody. I think that was a big disservice. Our media did us a big disservice. We should have had a much more complete discussion about what the trade-offs are. And one of the things the media is also continuing to fail on is when they report an increase, the number of uh, you know, people under 18 who've tested positive has jumped up by a bazillion percent. But they don't mention that in you know, July, there were virtually no people under the age of 18 getting tested. And then in August and September, you suddenly had thousands of tests a day. And so they do the numerator, they never do the denominator, and it's very frightening. And I think that's a problem. The other thing too is talking about the increase in the number of cases among young people. Obviously that's related to testing, but it's also related to the general spread that the Delta variant has caused more cases, even though thanks to vaccinations, the hospitalizations haven't risen at the same rate. But if the number of kids catching the virus is about the same rate of increase as the number of everybody else, catching the virus. And that's a very different piece of data about what it means to go back to school. I want to wrap up with one last uh, question. And that is, there's been concern expressed about the behavior of parents who are upset with school boards. You had this whole thing with the Department of Justice getting a letter, you know, so we want to investigate these parents, etc. But there is an argument made that from, from a purely political standpoint, that parents who get very emotional, very angry, are undermining the cause. You're working with the folks who are on the ground here. You know, are they, you know, angry? Let's burn it all down, folks. Are they just frustrated parents? Are you know, and and do you see a problem there with how the movement is perceived because of the kind of media coverage that angry parents being arrested at a school board is just going to tend to generate? Sure. Real quick, by the way, Michael, I appreciate the fact that you know math and that nominators 
<clears throat> denominators and numerators are both important. Thank you for saying that. I, uh, I, I just want to interrupt at this point that Mrs. Elsie Rast Stewart in my eighth grade math teacher would be horrified that I, Michael Graham, am the guy doing the math. Because <laughs> when you're down to me doing the math, you have, you have left your best options off the table. Please go ahead. Right. No, but, but thank you for pointing that out. It's just a simple example. To your question, though, there is no doubt that there are people who on a little sound bite on television, make the parents look crazy. There's no question that those people exist. That said, that parent has every right to be at that school board and be mad. That parent doesn't have a right to threaten somebody or throw a punch. I'm completely against all of that. But that parent being mad? Hell, I started the pack because I was mad. You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be frustrated because these are your kids. These are your kids' education. You're allowed to be a little upset. You're allowed to maybe use a bad word or two. No, you're not allowed to threaten people. And so the idea that the Department of Justice would basically target angry parents, uh, that's crazy. And as you saw in the news, uh, that, that the school board organization, our Pennsylvania chapter left, they said, this is unacceptable. So good for them for realizing that we need to empower our parents and if a crazy does something done, go get arrested. But parents need to be empowered. Anybody who's standing in the way between parents having parental choice over their kids' education, that is a non-starter for me. But sure, arrest the crazies. I got no problem with that. Well, we really appreciate your time. I'm not going to put you on the crazy, non-crazy spectrum. I don't want to make any judgments at this point. Paul Martino, uh, behind the back-to-school PA PAC effort. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.